Its backbone stood out notched and jagged like an enormous saw. As soon as the man beheld that awful sight, everything became dark to him. He was just able to reach home, but he lost his reason and soon after that he died. It is said that in the long ago, there was a mysterious being within the stream of the Missouri River. It was seldom seen by human beings and was most dreadful. It is said that sometimes it was seen within the water in the middle of the stream, causing a redness shining like the redness of fire as it passed up the stream against the current with a terrific roaring sound. It is said this mysterious Miniwashitu, or water monster, still lives in the Missouri River, and that in springtime, as it moves upstream against the current, it breaks up the ice of the river. This water monster was held in awe and dread by the people. Those are the words of Melvin Randolph Gilmore, written in 1921. This mysterious legend has been passed down from the Native American Dakota tribe and terrifies people to this day. To see one in daylight is a one-way ticket to madness, and possibly even death. Welcome back to Icar and Ink, where we dredge the depths of the horrific and hilarious in all their gore and glory. I am, as always, Micah. I'm Chelsea. And today we take a deep dive into the Native American monster that still haunts the Missouri River. So sit back, relax, and grab your sunscreen. We're just two nerdy authors who love telling stories, and this is Icar and Ink. I so, love it. We're uh, we're in the Missouri River. That's that's right around my backyard. I didn't even know that when I was yeah. putting this case together last night at nine o'clock. Yeah, that's great. So you know, I, I will probably understand and know. Ev- I mean, I understand and know everything always. Anyways, of course, because of course. I'm Micah, Duh. but uh, I will have a little more understanding of all things in this episode. So I'm, I'm pumped for it. I'm super excited. So. Being that Missouri River is right in your backyard, do you know the Miniwashatu, or have you ever heard of this river monster water beast? I have never encountered it. I have never had it over for dinner, so I don't know it. If you were to say the word Miniwashatu, I would not have been able to correlate that with the river monster, but I, I've heard the name before. Okay. All right. I think we need to tell the world about the Miniwashatu. Yeah, man. Well, let's, so, uh, let's freaking do it. Let's do it. The Dakotas are considered some of the very first people to settle in this region, which we now know as the areas of North and South Dakota, Minnesota, Nebraska, and even into Canada. They were comprised of four groups, although I'll spare you trying to pronounce these. Yeah, and we, moved- de- we, we definitely don't want to do that because <laughs> we, got, we got wrecked for trying to pronounce things uh, earlier. So from this day forward, anything we can't pronounce, we'll just omit. 
So they were comprised of four groups. They moved to their villages and defined their work based on the seasons. In 1944, it was stated that the ultimate aim of a Dakota life, stripped of accessories, was quite simple. One must obey kinship rules. One must be a good relative. No Dakota who has participated in that life will dispute that. To be a good Dakota, then, was to be humanized, civilized. And to be civilized was to keep the rules imposed by kinship for achieving civility, good manners, and a sense of responsibility towards every individual dealt with. It's important to mention the history here, even in passing, because these are the people who would create the foundation for the legend of the water monster that has now become an iconic cryptid in North Dakota. Mentions and references to this beast predate European settlements in North America. But it would not be until 1921 when Melvin Gilmore, the author of our opening, would make the first written media statement. To follow, he would describe the Miniwashatu as, and it is said that one time not a very great many years ago, this frightful being was seen by a man, and he told how it appeared. He said that it was of strange form and covered all over with hair like a buffalo, but red in color that it had only one eye in the middle of its forehead, and above that a single horn. Its backbone stood out notched and jagged like an enormous saw. As soon as the man beheld that awful sight, everything became dark to him. He was just able to reach home, but he lost his reason, and soon after that he died. <sighs> the beast is reportedly so horrific that just looking at it will shatter the person's mind and darken one's vision rendering them blind and mad before dying. According to some stories, looking in its eye is even worse, as it'll freeze you in perpetual fear for the remainder of your short, crazy existence. Even if you don't look at it, you won't escape an encounter with the water monster unscathed. The bellow this creature apparently lets out when surfacing would also deafen those nearby who happen to hear it. The man who encountered the beast and relayed its existence to the tribes, according to legend, barely made it home and gave the description before passing away. That's crazy. That's, uh, you know, I couldn't, I can't help but see the parallel or maybe I'm creating the parallel, but between the, uh, this river monster and maybe like a Medusa or something like that, you know, whereas just, just gazing upon it will will inflict that punishment or that or that death i thought that was pretty pretty interesting yeah i definitely think it's really interesting that it's still it's still around today yeah uh unfortunately you haven't seen or heard of it which is probably for safety reasons correct correct yeah yeah but it's just super cool and what a crazy unique description of this beast yeah i've never seen anything or read anything like it yeah you know, I was starting to think narwhal, like right at the beginning, with the horn. Uh, yeah, with, with with the horn, and then but you know, then the one eye and the scales, and and pretty pretty fearsome, uh, fearsome beast. There, I was, was gonna say neat. this is like uh, the narwhal's Brazaro. Like, exactly, so- <laughs> right, right, exactly. Very good. Hey, you get some nerd cred for that, Chelsea. Uh, Superman T on yeah. right now. So Superman's Actually, my man, dude. You get you get some nerd cred for that. You're fucking welcome. <laughs> Love Superman. And so I have the death of Superman signed by all the writers and uh, artists. Wow. So I hate you. Yeah. It's great. I love it. I Wow. That's incredible. Yeah, have rad. you framed it? It is. It's in, it's in a bag. You know, it, it's in, it's in a Please bag. Please frame up. that. Please frame I, I that. I really should. You should. I really should. Yeah. yeah. 
frame that and create some sort of ritual for it. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, that is pretty a religious experience. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's, pre- it's pretty epic. As one of its nicknames would apply, the Minnewashtu spends most of its time submerged in the Missouri River, only emerging on extremely rare occasions. However, when it does, it would be an incredible sight to behold because it stands over seven feet tall. Despite its horrific appearance, it is not considered a predator. Stories making up this beast are primarily focused on fish, grass, and plants. More notably, the water monster is described as being extremely territorial and will lash out at any possible threat to invading its space, which could describe some of the most terrifying encounters people have had. Despite all the intimidation, it does serve a purpose as well. In the springtime, the Minnewashtu used its massive strength to shatter the ice across the Missouri River, leaving it once again open to fishing and travel. This led to the beast being both feared and surprisingly respected by the Dakota tribes. Remember, these people traveled and based their work on the seasons. In the spring and summer, they hunted and fished. Given their immense respect for nature and wildlife, a legend such as the Minnewashtu would make perfect sense. Despite this creature having been a part of the Native American folklore for centuries, there have been few reported sightings, with the most recent being in 2023 with little detail. This could primarily be because those who have witnessed this terrifying water monster never escape quite the same, but it could also be because this beast does not wish to be seen. While the Minnewashitu has quite the grotesque appearance, it is believed to not only break the ice in the Missouri River, but to also possess supernatural powers, like controlling the weather. It is said that when this creature appears, it can bring a storm that lasts for days, but it also has the ability to just disappear in thin air making it impossible to track. Interestingly enough, the Minnewashitu is terrified of fire and will avoid it at all cost. Another weakness of this water monster is its dependence on the Missouri River. So any changes to this ecosystem could potentially threaten this creature's existence. As mentioned prior, the Dakota people were both frightened and held this beast in great respect. In Native American culture, this creature is believed to be a powerful guardian of the Missouri River. As stated in legend, the water monster emerges from the river during the spring thaw to break up the ice with its saw-like backbone. This act is seen as a symbol of the creature's power and importance to the river's ecosystem. The Minnewashitu is also believed to have healing powers and is sometimes called upon to aid in times of sickness or injury. Overall, it's up to you to decide what you believe. Is there a water monster lurking in the Missouri River? Or is this purely fictional? Regardless of what you believe, this beast has become an icon and bold representation of Native American legend. That's pretty rad. I, I love the idea, you know, that it uses its saw-like backbone right? to to shred the uh, shred the ice uh, going against the current and breaking up that river, so that you know, so that people can fish and and travel mm-hmm. and hunt, get you know, get to where they need to be. And th- that's pretty rad. Yeah. Now you have to go find a Minnewashitu. Yeah. So so that is that is my goal before next week is I'm going to go to the Missouri <laughs> River. And I'm going to find and bring home a Minnewashtu. A seven foot, possibly yeah. eight foot by some records. Yeah. Minnewashtu. Yeah. Yeah. No, no problem. It will happen. I will post a picture when I do. Well, that does it for this chapter of Icker and Ink. I hope you enjoyed it. Please remember to hit that thumbs up button and subscribe to the channel if you want more content like this. Hit the bell to be notified when new content drops, which is at least twice every week. For all of our amazing listeners out there, we ask that you share this channel with just one person. We would greatly appreciate it. 
Do you have a suggestion for a creepy story that you'd like us to cover? If so, email us at ikerninkpodcast at gmail.com and let us know if we can share your name or if you would like to remain anonymous. Shout out to Michelle Piper at mpiper underscore rights on Instagram. She is supporting us financially. She is one of us and you could be too. We have merch. We have Patreon. If you feel like supporting us financially, you can check that out. Links in the show notes. We truly thank you for joining us each and every week. Until next time, I have been Micah. I've been Chelsea. Together, we have been Icker and Ink, and you have been a Berutiful audience. Good night. Good night. <laughs>